0: You're listening to Brains On, where we're serious about being curious. Brains On is supported in part by a grant from the National Science
1: Foundation. Harvey, what time is it?
2: Molly, you have 30 minutes until Ivy arrives for the taping.
1: Thanks, Harvey, you marvelous omnipresent virtual voice assistant. Just enough time for lunch. Let's see what's in the fridge. Hmm, Should I have noodles and cottage cheese? Or cottage cheese and noodles. Molly? Ah, who
3: said that? Molly, is that you?
1: Yes, I'm Molly. Who are you? Where
3: are you? What are you? It's me, the mold growing on your very old fruit salad.
1: (gasps) You are sentient.
3: Yeah, yeah, I talk, I think. So can you. No big deal. Actually, it's... Just wondering if you had any plans to get me out of here. No, of course not. I would never throw you in the garbage. Oh, but but you see, I really, really want to get out of here. You do? The cold in here really slows me down. Oh, right. And there's only so many times I can read the back of the cottage cheese container. You know? I want to get out there and see the world. Let my spores free. Maybe they could find some nice fruit to grow on in an orchard. Maybe make it out by the ocean. This fridge is chillin' all, but it's really, really boring.
1: Oh gosh, okay,
3: to the compost you go.
4: Molly, Ivy has arrived for the taping.
1: Oh shoot, well, I guess you're coming to the studio with me first, then compost. The studio?
3: Time for my warm ups. Mycelium makes up a mold like me. Mycelium makes up a mold like me. <laughs>
1: This is Brains On from American Public Media. I'm Molly Bloom, and this is Ivy from Portland, Oregon. Hi, Ivy. Hi. We've cooked up an episode all about food and fungus.
0: A perfect pairing. Molly, you brought your moldy fruit salad into the
3: studio, and it's talking. Of course she brought me. Nice to meet you. I'd offer to shake your mycelium, but you know, you don't have that, so... so. But don't worry, you guys do your taping. I'll be over here making spores.
1: <laughs> okay, you can listen to our last episode to learn all about fungus. Mold, like my pal over here, is a kind of fungus. So Ivy, have you ever seen mold show up in food? There's this one time
0: we had a thing of pancake batter in the fridge and it was really old and it got like kind of grayish-blue on the top, Mm. and it was gross.
1: Did it get fuzzy at all?
0: It was, like, kind of slimy looking.
1: My favorite molds are the fuzzy ones. They're, like, kind of cute almost.
0: Yeah, they kind of look like caterpillars.
1: So mold likes food for the same reasons that we do. It digests food's nutrients and uses those nutrients as fuel. To
0: spread, mold sends spores out into the air, like our fruit salad friend is doing right now.
3: Don't worry about me! (laughs) great!
1: Cute spore
3: I made. Yes, aren't you so cute.
1: And when those spores happen to land on something delicious, they start to grow. But can we get some ocean sounds so the mold doesn't hear this part? Nice
0: ocean sounds. Love the ambiance. Nice vibes, right? What?
1: Perfect. Some of the molds that show up on food can make you sick. So we have ways to keep fungus away from food. Containers and food wraps make it harder for spores to land on your leftover spaghetti.
0: Stashing food in the fridge also makes it harder for mold to grow. Water and nutrients travel around slower in the cold, so it
1: can't grow that fast. Preservatives like salt and other chemicals also make it harder for mold to take hold. So if mold does start growing on food,
0: is it best to toss the whole thing?
1: That's mostly true for foods that are wet and spongy. Fungus can spread all the way through these foods, making them unsafe to eat.
0: Think bologna, bread, burritos, and breakfast casseroles.
1: But for firm fruits and veggies like carrots or hard cheese like Parmesan, it's okay to chop off the moldy chunk and use the rest. Okay, I think mold can hear the rest of this now. Even though there are some kinds of fungi you definitely don't want to eat... There are lots of kinds that are safe for humans to eat.
0: Those mushrooms in your stir fry, they're fungus that's safe and delicious to eat.
1: And there are lots of other foods that you eat where you might not realize fungus is involved, but it's actually a key ingredient.
0: That's what I like to hear. Yeast is a fungus that makes bread rise.
1: Some cheeses use molds for flavoring.
0: And fungus helps ferment lots
1: of other foods, including chocolate, tempeh, and pickles. So how did humans figure out which fungi are safe to eat in the first place? Brains On producer Manika Wilhelm looked into this for us.
5: Hi, Manika. Hello. Let's start with mushrooms. It's kind of surprising that we started eating them. You know, fungal species can do a lot of really nasty things
1: to us, too. They can make us sick. They can have toxins. Certain species attack other animals.
5: Stephanie Schnorr studies what humans have eaten throughout history. And because there are some not-so-fun fungi out there, you've gotta be able to pick which mushrooms to eat and which to leave alone. But that's never stopped us. Some of our earliest mushroom eating evidence is 49,000 years old, in Neanderthals. Neanderthals were a human species similar to ours. Let's listen in to the Savory Tooth Tiger Cafe, where a Neanderthal is about to eat a meal. Yes, hello. I'll have a woolly rhino and sheep burger with extra mushrooms. Oh, and do you have a Neanderthal discount?
1: No, one burger, extra mushrooms coming right up.
5: Okay, so Neanderthals didn't eat burgers specifically, but we do know they ate stuff like this. Laura Wyrick is the person who discovered that Neanderthals ate woolly rhino, ancient sheep, and mushrooms, and she found a clever way to do that.
4: So we actually go into old skeletons and we clean their
5: teeth. I love a story where ancient tooth gunk becomes knowledge. Laura actually analyzed very old DNA to figure out that mushrooms were part of that tooth gunk. She would also like to point out, Neanderthals were really smart. They used tools, they had complex societies. They took care of old people, they shared knowledge. And sharing knowledge is a huge part of mushroom eating. A long time ago, there were no stores or even farms, so humans had to eat what they could find in the wild. But if people shared tips about what was safe to eat, everyone got better meals. So people ate what their families and neighbors were into, depending on where they lived. And different traditions around mushrooms popped up all over the world. Like if you think about Japanese food or Chinese food, lots of mushrooms. People in East Asia also passed around info on using mushrooms for medicine. Over in England, people didn't eat nearly as many mushrooms. Mushrooms still grew there, but maybe people were just into other foods, so less fungal knowledge spread around. In other parts of Europe, like Italy and Russia, lots of old recipes feature fungus. And even now, eating mushrooms kind of connects us to our hunter-gatherer origins. We can farm some mushrooms, but other mushrooms grow in such specific ecosystems that they really only exist in the wild.
1: And so you still have to forage for them. So they still are kind of a, a wild component of our diet.
5: Forage means to go looking for something. And to forage, we still need shared knowledge to know which mushrooms are good and where to find them. Not so different from the Neanderthals. Because edible mushrooms can look pretty different from other foods. Take moral mushrooms. They're all wrinkly, like they're trying to copy undersea coral. Or, have you ever heard of the bearded hedgehog? It's worth a Google. It's an edible mushroom that looks like its namesake. You might not know you could eat it unless someone told you. Bearded hedgehog? Oh, also called lion's mane.
1: Wow, that is an interesting fungus.
5: Yeah, and besides mushrooms, there are lots of other yeasts and microscopic fungi that we figured out how to eat. People probably discovered those by accident, when little tiny fungi just landed in their food and they shared it. For example, anthropologists think at some point, wild yeast floating around in the air landed on a mixture of grain and water. And then people cooked it. And voila, early bread. And this is still how people make sourdough starters today. And with that, I've got a scoot I hear Chantrell mushrooms are out, and I've got to go find some. Bye, Manica. See you, Ivy.
4: Brains, brains, brains.
1: All right. Ivy, are your ears ready to forage for the answer to the... Mystery sound. Uh, yeah. All right. Here it is. What do you think Ivy?
0: I think it might be either a balloon or like when you're in a chair and like you scoot it backwards and it makes
1: that like sound. Those are both really good guesses. So sort of like the sound of a chair leg rubbing against the floor. Yeah. And for the balloon, what are you imagining there?
0: There's sometimes when you blow into a balloon with like your mouth And it, like, vibrates and it makes that, like, noise. And also when you have a blown balloon and you don't tie it and you let it go.
1: Totally. Both excellent guesses. We'll be back with another chance to guess and the answer in just a bit. Hey, Ivy, guess how long our sun has been hanging out with the same planets? Hmm,
0: four and a half billion years? Yes,
1: that is exactly right.
0: Seems like the sun might be ready for some new friends.
1: I would be. So Ivy, if you could add a planet to our solar system, what kind of planet would you add? It would
0: probably have to be a smaller planet. And I think it would be cool to have a planet with aliens on it. Or like some type of life. I think that'd be really
1: cool. That would be really cool. What would the like atmosphere of that planet be like if you visited it? What would it feel like? Kind of like Earth,
0: but... Maybe a little bit less global warming, climate
1: changey y thing? <laughs> Maybe a planet that those aliens hadn't messed up. Exactly. A non-messed up planet. I like it. Well, listeners, we want to hear your answers,
0: too. Send us a quick recording at bringson.org contact.
1: That's also where you can send mystery sounds and questions like this one.
0: My name is Akil. I am from Georgia, and my question is, how do wood sticks make fire? We'll answer that one at the end of the show.
1: And we'll read the latest group to join the Brains Honor Roll.
0: So keep listening. You're listening to Brains On from American Public Media. I'm Ivy.
1: And I'm Molly. Let's take a listen to that mystery sound one more time any new thoughts last time you were thinking balloon or like a chair scraping
0: the ground i have a new guess there's like those dog toys that are like pigs that like make that noise so maybe like a pig dog toy thing i love it yeah
1: all right are you ready for the answer yeah here it is
0: My name is Theo. And my name is Paloma. We live in Clinton Corners, New York. And and that was the sound of opening and closing a board game box. box.
1: Okay. So, you know, like when you open a board game box and like the sides are kind of stuck together? Yeah. Yeah. And it makes that kind of like noise. That's a good mystery sound. Yeah, it is a good mystery sound. I can see why you would think that was a chair because that's like also a rubbing, two things rubbing against each other. Yeah. That's a tricky one. Nice work. We started thinking about food and fungus when we heard questions like this one.
3: My name is Lillian from Cambridge, Massachusetts. My question is, what is yeast made out of and why does it make bread rice?
1: But Ivy, you wrote to us about something that goes well with bread, cheese.
0: Yeah, I wanted to know how they make different flavors of cheese.
1: And we can't let that question go unanswered. A cheesemaker's main goal is to break milk down. So besides milk, they add salt and enzymes that turn milk into curds. Then they make different flavors by adding different tiny living things called microbes and also by following slightly different recipes. So for example, Parmesan comes from adding specific bacteria that are different from the bacteria used to make cheddar.
0: What about mold? Does that show up in any cheese recipes?
1: It does. So for blue cheeses like gorgonzola, cheesemakers add mold to the inside of a cheese wheel as it ages. So the blue stuff in blue cheese, yep, that is mold. And you know the white, soft rind on the outside of brie or camembert? That's also mold, and it's delicious. But it's not just cheese. Mold and other fungi help make lots of foods.
0: Yeah, they're amazingly talented chefs. Wait,
1: like chefs?
0: Yeah, they're behind some of the most famous foods ever. Don't you watch The Fungal Table? My TV queue's already, like,
1: really long.
0: Here, let's watch an episode right now.
2: Small chefs, big flavors, average-sized forks and knives. This is The Fungal Table. I'm Guy Bumbershoot host of the show, and a very good eater. I've been practicing all my life, and most of it ends up in my mouth. Who doesn't need a bib anymore? This guy. Most of the time. Today, our top chefs are going head to head. Hmm. Do fungi even have heads? Anyway, our top chefs are going mycelium to mycelium. That's good. It's the final fungal face-off on... The Fungal Table. Let's meet our first contestant, Chef Pedicillium. What are you making today, Chef? Well, I
6: figure this is my last chance to impress the judges. I need something with pizzazz. Something with oomph. Something so scrumptious it grabs your taste buds by the tail and whips them into a tornado of tastiness that'll knock your socks off and start
2: you singing. Know what I'm saying? (laughs) Nope, but I'm smiling and nodding
6: anyway. I decided to make my signature dish, salami.
2: Ah, yes, salami, sometimes called spicy meat tube or pork and beef chewy stick. Literally no one calls it that.
6: Salami is a cured sausage that tastes great on sandwiches.
2: And terrible on cake. Well, tell us, how do you plan to prepare it?
6: Well, have you ever seen a splendid salami in a deli or at a store? Indeed I have! And you know how it's covered in a fine white powder? That's actually me, penicillium. First off, yes, I'm supposed to be there. I'm totally safe to eat, and actually, I'm delicious. I'm added to salami to coat the casing— I grow wild and free all over that sausage, creating a nice, white, whimsical coat. That does two things. First, it stops other harmful fungi or bacteria from growing there. Because I'm all, hey, that's my turf. Back off, bacteria. Forget about it, other fungi. Second, my coating adds extra flavor. Because, like I said, I'm delightfully delicious and decidedly devourable.
2: Whoa, fungi that makes spicy meat tubes even tastier. Well, that's a winning combo. Oh,
4: yeah.
2: Our next chef is already hard at work. Chef Yeast, what are you making today? Hey,
7: guy. As you can probably tell from the flour and water all over my workstation, I'm making bri- Brasagna.
2: What? You're making Brasagna, right? No,
7: I'm making bread. What even is brisagna? It's lasagna
2: cooked in a brassiere.
7: Oh, Guy, you're so funny. (laughs) I actually eat that. Ha, good one. I'm making bread. I'm a yeast fungi. We're single-celled living organisms and a key part of a lot of baking. You see, when you add yeast like me to your flour and water mixture, I start gobbling up sugars in the flour. Of course, all that noshing makes me a little gassy.
2: Who can relate to that? This guy!
7: Huh, good one! So I start releasing a gas called carbon dioxide and what does that gas do? It rises! So the gas I make makes the bread rise. It creates those delicious tiny pockets of air in bread that give it a light fluffy texture. Plus, my yeasty goodness can add aromas and flavors to the finished product.
2: My gas also gives off aromas. It makes my cat leave the room. <laughs> You're such a nut guy. Actually, I'm allergic to nuts. Okay, our final contestant, Aspergillus or Zayer. Wow, nice to meet you. We've literally
8: met ten times before.
2: No, the pleasure's all mine. Now tell me, what are you concocting here on The Fungal Table? Well, I'm
8: working on a very old recipe, one that dates back over 2,000 years. It's soy sauce.
2: Ah, yes. A brown sauce made of fermented soybeans and roasted grains. It's believed to have originated in the Western Han Dynasty in ancient China, and it's famous for its strong umami flavor. That's... that's actually correct. Who's just as surprised as you are that he knew something? This guy. Anyway, as you mentioned,
8: soy sauce is made from soybeans and grains. In soy sauce preparation, fungi like me are added to the mix.
2: Some soy sauce makers even let fungi from the air around them settle into the mixture. Wow, again, correct.
8: Maybe I misjudged you. Us fungi, we help break down the grains and create proteins and simple sugars. Other microorganisms also get
2: in on the action, too. Like the bacteria lactobacillus, which can add acidity to the brew.
8: Right! Wow! You really know your stuff, guy! And together, we turn those grains and beans into a delicious, salty, savory sludge. Then, you just squeeze out the liquid from that sludge, and you've got yourself the tastiest sauce the world has ever known!
2: You can brush your teeth with it. And he's back. That's how I get my teeth so sparkly brown. See?
8: I'm just gonna go work over here, far from you. And go to the dentist! Teeth shouldn't look like that!
2: So, who will win? Which fungal chef is the best of the best? Let's see what the judge says.
7: It's delicious! Which one?
5: Mmm, this salami and soy sauce sandwich on freshly baked rolls. Whoever made this one is a clear winner.
6: I think she combined our meals. Those were definitely destined to be distinct dishes.
5: No, they definitely taste better together. Everyone wins, especially me. I get to keep eating!
2: There you have it! A surprise three-way tie here on The Fungal Table. And remember, sometimes it takes a microorganism to satisfy a mega appetite. Oh,
5: you know what this would go great with? A hot brisagna. Right?
2: So delicious. I love brisagna. Mold likes
0: food for the same reasons we do. Covering your food and refrigerating it can help prevent mold
1: from eating our food before we do. Some fungi are not safe for us to eat, but lots are. In order for us to know which ones are safe, humans had to do a lot of learning and then pass along what they learned.
0: Humans eat some fungi whole, like
1: mushrooms, but we also
0: use them as an ingredient, like yeast and bread or mold and cheese.
1: That's it for this episode of Brains On.
0: It was produced by Mark Sanchez, Manica Wilhelm, Sandin Totten, and Molly Bloom.
1: We had production help from Ruby Guthrie, Christina Lopez, and Rosie DuPont. Engineering help from Veronica Rodriguez. Special thanks to Adam and Gretchen Rizdahl, George Wong, Sam Chu, Micah Kielbon, Jennifer Lai, and Alex Flood. Brains On is a
0: nonprofit public radio program. You can support the show at brainson.org fans.
1: There you can find links to donate or join our free fan club or check out our new Brains On merch. We now have brains on shirts, baseball hats, and face masks. And you can buy the brains on book there too. That's org slash fans.
0: Now before we go, it's time for a moment of
7: um
4: How do wood sticks make fire? For two wood sticks to make fire, they have to get hot enough to create gases that can catch on fire. Hi, my name is V V-Raph, and I study fires. To get from rubbing two sticks together to a flame, what happens is as you rub the sticks together because of friction, everything seems to get hot. It's like rubbing your hands together really fast, right? To get your hands warm, it creates that heat. And as you keep generating more and more heat, it starts to break apart the bonds or the, the molecules inside the wood so that they start to, what we say, uh, evaporate or vaporize. And that's what creates the fuel for the for the fire. You kind of have to go through this process of taking a wood stick, getting it hot enough that you can break apart the molecules inside of it so it can create hot gases and keeping it hot enough that those gases also catch on fire. So that's why when you look at like a match or um, even just a stick of wood burning, you can kind of see that the stick really isn't on fire, that the flame is actually slightly above the wood stick.
1: Um, um, um. this list of names is hot it's time for the brains on a roll these are the incredible listeners who share their questions, ideas, mystery sounds drawings and high fives with us Michael from Warwick, Rhode Island. Michael from Sturgeon Bay, Wisconsin. Alila, Taria, and Nisa from Melrose, Massachusetts. Emma and Isaac from Arvada, Colorado. Malcolm from Hurdle Mills, North Carolina. Myla from Stewart, Florida. Carly from Wisconsin. Jackson from Decatur, Georgia. Aiden from Alameda, California. Aria and Isha from Virginia. Cam from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Emma Lynn from Topeka, Kansas. William and Monroe from Spokane, Washington. Seneca from Calgary, Alberta. Kylie from Kazon City, Philippines. Grace from Leo, Indiana. Tatum from Calgary, Alberta. Dylan and Harper from Plainfield. Vermont, Hunter and Scarlet from Calgary, Alberta, Thea from Rocky River, Ohio, Nate and Sebastian from Christchurch, New Zealand, Nico from Gainesville, Florida, CJ from Ruskin, Florida, Hannah from Palm Beach, Florida, Quinn from Massachusetts, Sophia from Wichita, Kansas, Ruthie and PT from London, Ontario, Heather from Palo Alto, California, Emma from Cary, North Carolina, Mira from St. Paul, Minnesota, Gabby and Molly from Fort Collins, Colorado, Emmett from Chicago, Evan and Matilda from Tacoma Park, Maryland, Curran from New Smyrna Beach, Florida, Kieran and Lily from Decatur, Georgia, Sam from Murfreesboro, Tennessee; Ava from Newtown, Pennsylvania; Penelope from Williamsburg, Virginia; Milo, Ella, and Eden from Centerville, Utah; Josiah from High River, Canada; Hannah from Phoenix; Patrick from Toronto; Violet and Red from Rock Hill, South Carolina; Zachary and Eliana from Pennington, New Jersey; Genevieve, Penelope, and Josephine from Milburn, New Jersey; Ford, Archie, and Mabel from Atlanta, Georgia; Rowan from Chattanooga, Tennessee; Nila and Yero from Berkeley, California; Arian from Cumming, Georgia; Aiden, Avery, Riley, and Griffin from Innisfil, Ontario. Eric from Calgary, Alberta, Alexander from Littleton, Colorado, Jude from Medina, Ohio, Alyssa from Chicago, Han from Calgary, Alberta. Chelsea and Layla from Kula, Hawaii, Bernadette from Kansas City, Kansas, Charlie from Ellicott City, Maryland, Stowe and Marlo from North Bend, Washington, Connor from West Hills, California, Lerone from Potomac, Maryland, Will and Alice from Anchorage, Alaska, Silver from Minneapolis, Lincoln from Cedro Woolley, Washington, Jocelyn from New York City, Nolan from Denver, Erica from Midlothian, Virginia, Bobby and Teddy from Clearwater, Florida, Olivia from Sandy, Oregon, and Porter from Clayton, North Carolina. brains on we'll be back soon with more answers to your questions thanks for listening all right mold buddy you've been so patient to the
3: compost you go i'm free ta-ta molly oh look bananas